Welcome back, everybody, to the so-called Fantasy Experts Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Travis Pastor, and i got to say, for one, I'm really happy to hear that music. Uh, I'm sure you're all aware we didn't have one of these last week. I ran into some you know, difficulties and bumps, so we had to push it off for a week. Uh, but I'm glad you could join us tonight. We've got two whole weeks of stuff to talk about. And our guest tonight uh, joined us back in the preseason, so we have to talk about with him. Matt Modica is here. Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, looking forward to talking some football on this uh, fine Thursday night. Yes, I mean, we've got football going on in a couple hours. We've got all the last two weeks of football that all of our listeners have probably missed us with. Um, so when we talked in preseason, I remember talking a lot about, you know, some guys you were targeting, and, and the one that really sticks out in my mind, and as soon as he got hurt, I remember thinking like, oh, damn, Matt's probably pretty upset. Ben Roethlisberger, um, I remember you were pretty high on him as your quarterback. How many uh, teams did you end up having Roethlisberger? Uh, I had Roethlisberger on a uh, fair share of teams, I have to say. But I do like to draft a, depending upon the uh, structure of the league, but if I'm playing in high stakes, I do like to have a good second quarterback because uh, I don't like to just just go in and have everything rest on one man's shoulders. And in some leagues, I was able to get Carson Palmer, which has been That's, very beneficial. That is working out well for you, then. But um, the reason I bring him up now is that I've heard some rumblings that he may be coming back as soon as this week. Um, a lot of people compared the injury and how he got hit to the Tom Brady hit from 2007 where he tore his ACL. It didn't look as that as bad as the Brady hit, but um, how high are your hopes for him coming back in the next, if not this week, the next two to three weeks? I would, I'm not expecting him to play this weekend. I think Pittsburgh is going to be ultra-cautious with him. I mean, I'm excited to get him back. I mean, especially if you have, uh, like, Antonio Brown, which I have on a couple of teams, and he's taking a major hit under Mike Vick. Yeah. But, uh, what, I got to, what I was able to read about Roethlisberger is it seems like he's practicing, the foes are all there, it's just they're worried about his mobility, and I can't see them risking him just yet. I think they want to give him another extra week at least. And so I would – Plan for him to show up next week, and let me. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, they've managed to tread water somewhat with Vic in there. I mean, they pulled off that great last-second uh, win over San Diego on Monday night. Yeah, they played on Monday night. Um, so, and for a while there, they looked dead in the water. So, to win that one, uh, probably bought Roethlisberger an extra week. At least I think so. I think if they had lost it, maybe they'd try to get him back out there. And Big Ben is always the type of guy who wants to play no matter how hurt he is. So if they were, you know, if they had lost last week, I think he would have maybe put more pressure on himself to get out there. Um, but, I mean, I heard when he got hurt, people thought he was out for the year, how he got hit. Didn't seem that way to me. So it's good that he is even being talked about coming back this, this quickly because it's only been uh, three weeks, I think. Since he got hurt, so this would be coming up would be his fourth week. Um, and that's a pretty quick turnaround. Like they, for all you fantasy owners, you, your season's still early. You can definitely turn it around. 
I think, you know, with, with Roethlisberger, too, I mean, Antonio Brown, obviously, but now you have Martavius Bryant coming back. And, I mean, Le'Veon Bell is just old world. The guy is he's just a supreme talent, and he's, he, I mean, he's fun to watch. Yeah, so, he I mean, really I think is. He's well positioned. And, I mean, he played pretty well in the two and a half games he played. Uh, he had 351 yards and a touchdown against the Patriots opening night with an interception. Next week against 49ers, 369, three touchdowns. And he had almost 200 yards and an interception against the Rams before he got knocked out. Uh, and he was looking like one of the top five quarterbacks of the league at that point because some other guys have been up and down. But um, do, you, do you expect him to come back and play at that same top five level? You think he's going to push for – Push uh, Rodgers and Brady as a top two. Uh, I mean, if if Pittsburgh plays it smart, which I'm believing they will, and hold him out another week, and he's healthy enough, I mean, I think they just have the offensive. Uh, I mean, they have the offensive tools. You know, just Pouncey not having him is a big blow. Uh, I mean, like I said, uh, Antonio Brown, Martinez. Brian, Leon Bell, and I mean even Heath Miller is always an option for Yeah, Heath Miller, always a usable fantasy tight end that I think nobody um, <laughs> ever ever thinks about. Uh, but so this is a nice sort of segue into the quarterbacks, and that's been a very strange um, area of, of position, I should say. Um, I literally last week said out loud. I should have. I wish I started Andy Dalton against the Seattle Seahawks instead of Peyton Manning against the Oakland Raiders, which makes no sense to me, and I'm getting lightheaded just saying it. But a lot of these guys that people thought would be the top five really haven't done anything. Luck's been up and down. I think he leads league in interceptions. Uh, Manning's not played great. Who else? Tony. Well, Tony Romo's been hurt. Drew Brees is kind of falling off the cliff, uh, maybe of age-wise, and his team's not great. Um, do you have any faith in some of the – I mean, besides maybe Luck, uh, who they're going to throw the ball a thousand times this year. Do you have faith in these guys bouncing back like a Brees or a, or a Peyton Manning? Well, I mean, with Brees, it's more – I mean, he is getting yardage. Like the last two weeks, he's thrown for like 359 and 335. But it's just – the, the offense, I and mean, I'm more surprised how they haven't used C.J. Spiller effectively. I was pretty excited when he was going to New Orleans. And I thought Brandon Cooks would be a much better player. So, I mean, the whole thing in New Orleans just isn't looking right. And if they lose tonight, I mean, I think the season's pretty much over already, but this is like the last hope they have. But, I mean, you, you mentioned Andy Dalton, and he's coming off three straight weeks at 300-yard-plus. He's got 11 touchdowns for two interceptions, and he's got a great supporting cast. I mean, yeah, he uh, he's definitely been one of the bigger surprises. Um, and I remember doing a mock draft recap for so-called for, for the site um, back in August, and I made a joke about I got auto-picked Andy Dalton in the second-to-last round. I was like, oh, crap, I don't want Andy Dalton. But now, everybody wants Andy Dalton. It's I, it's just amazing. He seems to really have transformed because he had been in the past a guy who had great weapons, but couldn't get the most out of his most out of them. Um, 
and he seems to really have developed like one hell of a connection with Tyler Eifert, man. That people probably are laughing all the way to the bank right now with him and, and when they were drafting him probably outside the top ten or fifteen. Uh so Dalton looks fantastic. The one I'm a little more surprised with, and you sort of touched on him, was Carson Palmer. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with Larry Fitzgerald looking like 2006 Larry Fitzgerald as opposed to 2014 Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, do you think Palmer keeps this up all year? Well, I think Fitzgerald, when he's had Carson Palmer, has played well. I mean, I think a lot of what Fitzgerald was taking a hit on was, I mean, he's had some horrible quarterback options. I mean, like not even, not even like NFL average. I mean, he's had <laughs> low average quarterbacks who really shouldn't even be starting games. And when Carson, before Carson Palmer went down last year, I mean, Arizona was one of the top teams in the league, and having that veteran leadership with Carson Palmer. And having a guy like John Brown who can stretch the field and just have another, just someone else that they have to at least look at instead of Fitzgerald. I mean, Michael Floyd is just an, an abysmal bust. I mean, I know he was injured in uh, preseason, but you just expect more from that guy. He, from the talent that he's flashed in the past, but. That's not looking like that's coming to fruition. But more more surprisingly in Arizona is Chris Johnson is tied for second in the league with rushing by the odds. Yeah. It, pretty- uh, I really thought when they signed him, um, it was just maybe a stopgap for uh, at running back until um, they could get David Johnson in there more often because I think he scored a, the rookie running back for them. I think he scored a touchdown the first two weeks of the season. Um, and he scored a bunch last week, but uh, and by a bunch or three. But they're all one-yard goal line situations. But Chris Johnson, I don't know what happened because the, the Cardinals don't have the best offensive line in the world. It's not like he's behind like Dallas's offensive line, but he looks a lot more uh, nimble back there, um, which, I mean, good for him and good for fantasy owners because he was probably a, a definite overlook that first week when people were like, oh, Chris Johnson's going to be the starter. I'm sure not many people went out to uh, to bid on him and whoever yeah, got him. Yeah, I passed on Chris Johnson pretty much everywhere. I I pretty much drafted David Johnson. I do a lot of the draft champion formats where, you know, to the 26 rounds or 35 rounds. And in that PPR format, I pretty much have David Johnson like everywhere, you know, maybe except for a couple of teams. And I was expecting him to be more heavily used in the uh, passing game and stuff. But Bruce uh, Arians loves his veterans, and as long as Chris Johnson keeps producing, he's going to get the rock. Yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, I think that this, the whole misconception of Chris Johnson. Actually, it probably wasn't a misconception. He wasn't very good uh, with the Jets last year. But people probably wrote him off, and uh, they're getting a great return on investment, which um, brings us to another waiver wire running back that we sort of talked about briefly before we came on here. Uh, And I can never pronounce his name right. Um, Coach Hendrick? Yeah, 
Karchandrick West. I was going to say Sharkandrick. Um, I don't know what's going on with him. I haven't read a ton about him, but um, in one of my leagues, he a guy spent his entire fab budget, $100, on Karchandrick West. I think he had um, – how am I forgetting the starter for Kansas City right now? Jamal Charles? Jamal Charles – I can't believe – look, he's hurt. He's already out of my, my lexicon. Uh, he probably had Jamal Charles, but – why is everybody so high on Charkandrick uh, West? Are you this high on Charkandrick? Um I think the reason everyone's high on Charkandrick West is even prior to Jamal Charles' injury, Andy Reid had come out and pretty much stated that West would be the backup. And in the previous games, Niles Davis was pretty much relegated to special teams and just a handful of, like, touches. So, and okay. this week also compared him, his skill set more similar to Charles Johnson than uh, Miles Davis. So, if the head coach likes you, you've got the uh, opening track. He's going to get the first crack, in my opinion. So, and then the one league I had Jamal Charles, and uh, I have a partner with the NFBC, and we have we actually have a really good team. We lost him and we fell short getting car transit. But uh you know, hopefully hopefully that bench can step up. Yeah. Uh it, I think it's also the uh the high waiver uh budget ads for Cartandrick. Has to do a little bit with um you know, we're starting to get into the season now so you know who's playing and who's not. Uh like when um, Chris Johnson came into the starting lineup. People probably still thought, oh, I have, you know, Matt Jones on uh, Washington or David Johnson or some of these other rookies who are going to get more more crack of the ball. But now in week six, they haven't, and you need a running back. This is probably your, your last best option. So that might be playing into it too. Uh, but the running back position as a whole, really strange start to the year. Like most of the preseason top ten guys – uh, either now with Charles Hurt, a lot of them looking like uh, busts so far. Um, C.J. Anderson. Yeah, I mean, C.J. Anderson, I, I don't own C.J. Anderson anywhere, but I was very high on Jeremy Hill, and I own Jeremy Hill any anywhere that I took a running back in the late second round, if I had that position, Jeremy Hill was my guy, and I was a Believe it. And I still do believe that Jeremy Hill can be successful this year. I mean, there's still a lot of season left. He's still the goal line guy in Cincinnati. And he's still the guy that, as the, as the season progresses and we get into that into the uh, cold weather months, he's going to be the horse that they're going to have to have to ride. And that's my opinion. Yeah, I, too, was – very high on Jeremy Hill. I thought he was because I was getting a lot of those late second round picks like you were. I thought he was a great value there, um, and it also might just have to do with Andy Dalton playing so well. They're not focusing as much on the run, but I know Giovanni Bernard's playing great, so that's not helping. Giovanni yeah, Bernard has played very well. He's playing like everybody expected him to play last year when he was the third round pick, um, which has been a strange turn of events, but. Yeah, a lot of the guys really not been living up to um, expectations. Like I said, C.J. Anderson, 
He's been just flat out bad. Uh, I know Lacey's been banged up. Lynch is hurt. DeMarco Murray before last week, not very good. I, I think DeMarco Murray will uh, will turn things around. I think he's a guy that's an excellent by low. I mean, I also, in, in PPR formats for like the flex position, I still like Ryan Matthews. I own Ryan Matthews in a lot of places. And I think the Eagles are finally starting to get their footing set. And, I mean, Sam Bradford in the last two weeks has thrown for, like, just over 600 yards. I think, like, five touchdowns and two interceptions versus his first three games where he threw for, like, 650 yards with three touchdowns and four interceptions. So that's, you know, helping the current. They have a big game coming up this uh, Monday night with the Giants. So that yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll be seeing a lot of uh, DeMarco Murray out there. Um, but like I was saying, a lot of the t- guys at the top, you wouldn't have expected. The best running back in the league is Devonta Freeman with eight touchdowns. And like nobody wanted Devonta Freeman. <laughs> I know. I ended up with Devonta Freeman in, um, oh, I don't know, one of my leagues. And I remember after the draft thinking, oh, crap, I should have got Tevin Coleman. Uh, and in that first game, or game two, I think is when Coleman got hurt against uh, the Giants, Coleman was getting the ball. He was getting most of the ball. Freeman was the bench guy. And then Coleman goes down, and Freeman now looks unstoppable. Um, do we think this is a, a sustainable amount of success? Do you think he keeps going? He has six, almost 650 yards right now through five games. I think, I think he's, uh, you know, Fitting into that offense perfectly, and you know, unless he has a major drop off, I I can't see them making a change. I mean, the offense is clicking. He's, I mean, he's running like a beast. <laughs> you know, just by watching it his eyes, you just can't deny it. Yeah, I mean, interest, interesting. It really enough, is amazing because. Uh, Matt, you still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. You said interestingly enough, I think oh, we yeah, no, I, 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 I thought you were going to go. Interestingly enough, the Falcons are undefeated and they beat the NFC East four times. <laughs> I thought that would be pretty crazy. They got their NFC East games out of the way early. Um, and it, it's been, he's got 93 rush attempts and 24 receptions. So he is definitely a dual threat. And I mean, if you're in PPR, you, you're in heaven right now. PPR, like you're in heaven with him. Uh, it's just overwhelming amount of production that nobody saw coming. Uh, yeah, like you said, he's got the receptions, he's got the yardage, he's got the touchdowns. Yeah, and then... Uh, yeah, he's, he's going to be, I don't want to say the Odell Beckham Jr. of this year, like the guy who was on the waiver wire that won so many people leagues. But right now, he's looking like the best pickup you possibly could have made or, or flyer at the late round. Um, and, I mean, it, there's also some other guys at the top. Doug Martin with his huge week last week, one of the top guys now in points. Um, and I think that'll probably continue just because they're, when they've leaned too heavily on Winston, he, he makes mistakes. He throws all those stupid interceptions. So I think they're going to keep it on the ground more. Um, I don't know if we'll have games. I think you're right. right on Doug Martin in uh, quite a few places. Yeah, and, the draft season, I started scooping them up. So. And they didn't give him a ton of they didn't give him a ton of work 
through the month of September, and I think they were trying to see, you know, how competent Winston was at just sort of shouldering the offensive load because the way people play in college now and more quarterbacks are just ready to come right in and, and, you know, lead that offense. So I think the first couple weeks they were just trying to give Winston control. Um, In his Martin's first three weeks, he had 52 yards, 78, and 46. Uh, And in the last two, he had 106 two weeks ago and 123 last week with a touchdown in each uh, and three touchdowns total last week. So um, I think he's another great late round pick that people probably didn't want because he had the knee injury two years ago. He was not super successful last year. Um, People probably thought he was a little bit washed up and those of us smart enough, well, I'm not one of them. Those of you smart enough to grab him, um, i looking great. Uh, and the last cheap uh, surprise running back I want to talk about before we move on is the Patriots' new pass-catching running back that they find every three years, and Deion Lewis. Um, first they had Danny Woodhead, who was great. Then they let him go. Then Shane Vereen, who is amazing for my Giants right now. And now, <laughs> Deion, and now Deion Lewis is coming in, and he's literally unguardable when he comes out of the backfield. Um, I know he doesn't get a ton of rush yards. He only has 180 yards on the ground. But with that Patriots offense, you got to think he's a top 15 running back the rest of the way, the way they throw the ball on the short short routes and swing patterns to the running back, right? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely, I'm definitely in on Deion Lewis now. I'm a believer. I, mean, I don't think he's done anything not to make me a believer. The Patriots are still somewhat frustrating. You know, their game plans, I mean, they're, they're very successful, but, I mean, owning their backfield, like, you know, one week it might be blunt, and one week, and one week they are uh, game plan more heavily for the short passing game. But, I mean, Deion Lewis is definitely a guy I would want to own going forward. Yeah, and, I mean, there is going to be that one game that they have every year where they just decide – to sign a free agent off the the junk heap, give him 30 carries, get him on the front page of Sports Illustrated, and then never use him again. Um, I honestly don't even remember the guy's name from last year who had that huge game against the Colts, and then they yeah. just sort of, they just sort of <laughs> shuffled out the door. What touchdowns? And then he makes exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. They just, I feel like they just do it. I, I think the must hate fantasy football, and it's just like, we're just going to do this to you know, ruins everybody's day. Um, so the one surprise team to me that has become really fantasy relevant, and in my early daily fantasy football uh, attempts this season, I've got close to using the right one of these two receivers, but I've never used the right one. Uh, and they are both on Jacksonville, Alan Hearns and Alan Robinson. Um, I can never pick the right one when it comes to which wide receiver to use. But that Jacksonville offense, Blake Bortles looks fantastic. Uh, Alan Hearns, who I know had a huge game in week one last year and sort of fell off. He looks like a steady threat. Alan Robinson, uh, I mean, they're both tall, athletic. They both look like they're really good prototypical receivers. But, I mean, it's Jacksonville, and they've been a laughingstock for so long. Are we – should we start – taking uh, notice of what's going on in uh, Florida? I, 
I think so. I mean, I think they're a team that's still learning how to win, and you know, they let a couple of games have been, you know, let a couple of games slip away. I'll say, but I definitely was high on Allen Robinson and have him in a lot of places. I have Hearns only in like one or two. He was a, you know, he was a late flyer to to grab, and he's. You know, he was somebody that was maybe he pans out again, but he has. I mean, obviously he's been showing it. And now getting Julius Thomas back. The one thing is, hopefully T.J. Yeldon is healthy enough to play this weekend. He's missed the last two practices. And Blake Bortles, who was another like late quarterback I took, has a sprained shoulder, but is supposed to play. So hopefully he he's a go this weekend. Matt, is there anybody you don't own in at least one league? I feel like every guy we go over, you're like, oh, I got him in a car. I found him. Well, here. I, found a, him. I, am in, I am in like several different leagues. I have partners. I, I do a bunch of the draft champion formats and stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm just I'm just messing with you, man. Um, I mean, the draft champions format is great because it's just draft it and then, you know, look at the scores each week. Yeah, that's – I mean – Getting to pick 25, 35 players seems like a, uh interesting wrinkle to fantasy football. I've never done that, but um, I'll have to try it one year. But really, the Blake Bortles thing to me just has boggled my mind. Um, he's got 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns, only four interceptions. And the that offense seems to have come along where they can, you know, they can win some shootouts. Um I don't know. Let me pull up the top quarterbacks to see how he sort of ranks with the others. But uh, as weird as it sounds, I I would have no problem starting Blake Bortles uh, for most most weeks, depending on matchup. Um, are you thinking he's a top, probably not in the top five, top ten quarterback uh, right now for you? I wouldn't say top ten. I, I wouldn't put him in the top five. But, yeah, you know, I think I that's mean, I think they are a team that's, you know, on the rise and they're a team that's going to make progressions this year, but they're going to, as they've done early, still learn, still learning how to win. They're still going to stumble. And, you know, I, I do think, you know, they have a bright future. You know, with guys like Allen Robinson, T.J. Yeldon, and even Blake Bowen. That's a nice threesome right there, a nice core, at least. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, I hope that Julius Thomas could really improve the uh, offense as well. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. I think he made his debut last week, or he's making it this week. Uh, I'm not 100% sure, but he's, he should be back and playing this week. Um, and that guy just knows how to get touchdowns. So he may not do much more than score touchdowns for Jacksonville, but that's all they need him to do. Um, last like question. James Jones in Green Bay. Well, he doesn't catch touchdowns. Right? <laughs> and just it's not it's not bad having somebody who just consistently finds the end zone. Um, yeah, that, that was a great move for Green Bay when the uh, Giants cut him. He went he went to the perfect system for him. It was the perfect fit, and you know Devontae Adams is being banged up too. And Jordan yeah, I I just think it is like I don't think uh, I know a lot of Giants fans really upset that James Jones um, keep him, but. James Jones, I feel like a lot of his production just comes from Aaron Rodgers throwing him the perfect pass in the perfect spot. Uh, and while Eli's great, Eli Manning's great, I don't know if he could have got the, uh, the most out of James Jones the way 
I totally agree. I totally agree with you. I, it's he was comfortable uh, in the, he knows the Green Bay system. Aaron Rodgers trusted him, so I mean, right there, everybody loves Jeff Janis coming into the year as like a deep sleeper, and I think he's got some, uh, you know, he has some some upside to him, some talent, but he, the word out of camp was he was never in the right spot, and that's why Ty Montgomery was the third receiver over Janis. If, you know, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't trust you, he's not going to play the ball, kind of like Peyton Manning. Yeah, I I'm a fan of Ty Montgomery. Um, I added him in a few leagues where I've been, you know, beat up with injuries at receiver. Uh, and he's not super fast. He's pretty tall, pretty large guy. I think he's six five. He's a nice red zone threat for them. They don't have Jordy Nelson anymore, or at least for the season. And like like you said, Rodgers is going to put you in the best position to to score, you could just be running. He could literally throw the ball. It'll hit you right in the chest. You'll catch it. You wouldn't even know what happened. Um, that's how accurate he is. So Ty Montgomery is a guy that finally, one of these, you know, deep sleepers that has started to pan out, that's a guy I got on the uh, bandwagon early with. And, I mean, he hasn't done a ton of yards. He's got a touchdown, I think, two of the last three weeks. And in some of these deeper leagues, like, that's it's playing Philip Dorsett or uh, on Indianapolis or Ty Montgomery – it's like that Montgomery's going way later in drafts, but I he's getting the he's getting the ball and he's in the red zone, so can't complain about speaking that. Of, uh, speaking of deeper leagues, the guy who uh made a nice splash last Thursday night on uh, Jalen Strong, I think he's a guy that, you know, people should continue to uh you know he's a guy that people should be going after. I think he's yeah. you know, had a lot of talent. And, you know, once you get the opportunity, it's all about getting the opportunity. And when, when these young kids do get the opportunity and they do succeed, and, I mean, I mean Hopkins, is, Hopkins has just been an outright stud this year. I mean, he's got 74 targets leading the league. He's second in receptions. But he doesn't have a good quarterback, and that's kind of why he's got, like, a 56.8 catch percentage. And, I mean, that's not good. But, I mean, yeah. Hopkins is definitely entrenched himself as a stud. Yeah, and from watching Hard Knocks, Houston had a lot of receivers um, just on that roster. Uh, I think they picked up Cecil Shorts, uh, perhaps, and there's one other guy whose yeah. name I cannot Maybe think Washington. of. Washington, that's it. So they've, they've got some veterans in there that sort of have been keeping strong off the field. I know he was also banged up, but that guy, is a, a, he's tall, he's fast, and he's strong. And sometimes that's all you need in the NFL. So he, uh, those two, that, that Hail Mary touchdown looked, uh, probably helped a lot of owners who, you know, may have taken a flyer on him. <laughs> They're probably really happy to see that. Um, but Matt, we'll get you out of here. Why don't you, uh, shout out where we can find your writing, give us your Twitter handle, and then we'll, uh, let you go watch your, your precious mess. Yeah, you can uh, find me over at uh, SoCalledFantasyExperts.com. I usually do the game recaps. Uh, <clears throat> my Twitter handle is CTMBaseball. So, uh, uh, baseball is coming to an end, but I kind of love the off-season uh, research. That's going to just be about to start. So, that should be fun take, as well. Take my advice. Uh, he's a good follow. I'll give you a lot of good info. Uh He's also one of my favorite guests since he was my first guest like eight months ago. We've been doing this for a long time now, right? Um, That's true. 
from that. I appreciate you coming on on this uh, Thursday night. We'll get you back in another couple weeks, see how some of these uh, guys who have been uh, red hot, if they're still red hot after week 10 or something, will know we were uh, smart. And if they fall off, we'll say it was just a flash in the pan. But for the so-called it's always a pleasure, Matt. For the so-called fantasy experts, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back again next week. You can catch us Wednesday night. Uh, check out some of the other podcasts, uh, other writing here, and uh, you will have a great season from here on out because we've got all the best info. Uh, I'm Travis Pester, your host. Thank you for tuning in. I'll catch you next week. Good night, everybody.